This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Friends, I'm back. I just climbed out of my cave where I spent the last couple of months hibernating. <sighs> okay, so I don't really hibernate. But I do, in a way. Instead of dreaming through the whole winter, I daydreamed the whole winter. And I wrote. But what comes before writing a story sometimes looks like me staring off into space and my tiny people get a bit annoyed because sometimes they have to repeat themselves a couple times before I realize they're trying to get my attention. It's something I'm working on. But all of that staring into middle distance is what got me here to the beginning of a brand new season of stories for you. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to our, oh, right, my guest. Tiny people, please welcome the legendary, the downright miraculous. Oh, okay, she's shaking her head. Shall you tone it down? Too much hype? Okay. Please welcome my capable guest, Birdie. Is that better? Okay. Birdie is a bowerbird from Indonesia, so she's not actually in my studio. We're on a video call. Birdie has Wi-Fi, naturally, and we're good to go. This will definitely work perfectly. Bowerbirds are known for their incredible works of art. I'm seriously not kidding. You can look this up. And Birdie is a master at picking the best art of the bunch. So she's here to give her take on this art-filled story. Birdie, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Uh Uh-oh. Birdie? Is that... That's just your thinking face, right? You are frozen in thought, right? Oh, dear. (sighs) Tiny people, it seems the video call is frozen. This is a bummer. Birdie is really quite the talker. And she's hilarious and a great dancer. But we don't have all day, so we better get to the story and hopefully she can hear me even if I can't hear her. Birdie, we'll check in with you after the story, okay? Okay. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this is my very first two-part story. I'm so excited. You're going to love it. So let's listen to part one of The Mistake Artist. Remember, there are... Hello, my name is Jill. Huh? Oh, that's right. I'm not doing this part anymore. Okay, Jill, take it away. Remember... There are no pictures. You have to imagine them in your mind. Okay, here we go. Em tore paper from her drawing pad and smoothed it on her art desk. She took a blue crayon and began to draw the outline of a house. Her house. Em lived in a blue house and therefore she liked to draw blue houses. This was her happy place. Em loved making art, and it was this moment, 
the beginning of something that was her very favorite. The beginnings of things were always good and almost always perfect. Nothing ruined yet. M made her way around the tip of the rooftop. It was looking really good. She sighed with relief as she finished up the mailbox. Then, her crayon slipped and crossed the paper with a stray mark of blue. Oh no. M picked up the paper and studied it. She took her blue crayon and drew a big X over the drawing of her house. Then she crumpled the paper and tossed it in the recycling bin. It landed alongside 22 other crumpled papers. Each one held a blue drawing of a house. Each one had something wrong with it. Each one had a big X drawn on top. M grabbed a new blank piece of paper. M was five, and in her five long years, in which she'd spent hours at her little art desk, she'd finished a grand total of three works of art. She didn't have any of them, though. They were so precious, she'd given them away as gifts. One to her nana, one to her auntie, one to her best friend. What she did have was a recycling bin filled high with mistakes. Em's mom was not super thrilled about this. She thought it seemed like a big waste of trees. Em did not seem to consider the trees. If you asked the tree that kindly lent itself to this paper, hey, would you like a five-year-old to use you up by putting big X's through her drawings? The tree would probably say, I didn't grow up just to have my pulp be used for such nonsense. But we can't ask the tree. M's three-year-old sister, Lee, was not super thrilled about all of this either. She and M sometimes worked together on drawings, but if Lee drew something differently than M wanted her to, M would put a big X through it and crumple it up. Lee would cry, and the whole day would be a little less than it could have been. No one was happy about M's big X's. No one. Except... There was someone who was happy about them. Not actually a person, though. A magical being. Her name was... Well, she's magical. And her name can't actually be pronounced well in any of our Earth languages. Huh. I could keep going with this story by calling her the magical being who plays a big role in this story, but that would get very repetitive, so let's not do that. If I'm absolutely forced to call her something, I suppose I will call her Artiste. But we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We'll have to rewind a bit and go back in time to when Artiste's life changed forever. 
About 27 and a half weeks ago, in a land of magical beings far away from our own, Artiste was rifling through her closet, trying to find the saddle she used to ride her unicorn, Sammy. As she grasped in the dark, the light had broken. Not everything can be magical. She fell against the back wall, and she felt the wall give way. It was a door. A door that was opening. Huh. Strange. Why would there be a door in the back of her closet? At first, Artiste imagined there might be oranges back there. In her world, oranges grew in the dark like mushrooms. So she got very excited. Way too excited about these oranges. But there were no oranges. There was a colorful, swirling, sparkling vortex. So Artiste went to close the door. And then she thought, Hey, I wonder why there's a swirling, sparkling vortex in the back of my closet. She decided to step into it, just to see. It turns out, when you encounter a swirling vortex in the back of your closet, it's a bit of a find. Because when Artiste stepped into it, she was transported out of her closet and into our world, Earth. And she landed in what appeared to be a gorgeous art museum. She gasped. I can't handle all this beauty, she muttered to herself, barely able to get the words out. But it was not actually an art museum at all. It was a recycling bin next to a red house. Easy mistake for her to make, given that used-up paper was considered very beautiful in her world of magical beings. When Artiste uncrumpled the gorgeous balls of paper, she saw actual artwork by a tiny person with big X's scrawled on top. And that's when she knew she had really hit the jackpot. She stuffed the papers into every pocket she had. The pocket in her hat, the pockets in her shoes, and the pockets in her socks. Then she stepped back through the great swirling vortex and returned home. Obviously, she rocketed to stardom once she showcased her finds. She added some color here and there and then hung her found art in a gallery in the center of town. Magical beings from all over came to gaze upon these works of wonder. They cried actual tears of diamonds as they took in the splendor of these treasures. Artiste was written up in every scroll across the land. The pockets in her hat and socks overflowed with platinum buttons. She had made it. About once every few weeks after that, Artiste slipped away to her closet and stepped through the great swirling vortex. And every time she landed in the exact same recycling bin outside the exact same red house. And every single time she found countless works of art, all with their gorgeous big X's through them. 
And every time she filled the pockets in her hat and socks with these treasures and stepped back into her own world. Until one day, Artiste stepped through the magical swirling vortex and landed in the recycling bin in front of the red house, and all she found were cans and empty bottles and empty yogurt containers. And Artiste wondered whether those yogurt containers really belonged in there, and she decided not to overthink it because she would probably never get a straight answer on that question. But in the depths of that recycling bin, there were no works of art. After this happened seven times, and she continued to encounter only cans and bottles and the questionable yogurt containers, Artiste realized something. If she wanted to find more art with which to adorn her gallery walls, she'd have to venture outside of the formerly gorgeous art museum of the recycling bin into the outer world. Meantime, it was a Saturday, and it was raining which meant M was at her art desk. M's mom had asked her to make a card for her pop-up's birthday, so M was drawing a birthday cake with very, very tall candles. Lee wandered over and did something little sisters tend to do. She leaned over M's card and put her face very close to it and started making noises like tried to ignore this. She finished her card and held it up to look at it. Um, um, that candle, Em's little sister said, pointing at one of the spindly ones. That candle is a little bit crooked. Now, you might think, Lee is three. She had no idea the effect her words might have on her big sister. But you would be wrong. Because there are things that are true about three-year-olds. They're a bit wild, and they are very crafty. And there are things that are true about little sisters. They are very sweet and funny and darling. I should know, I am one myself. And they are also a little bit too clever. And if they happen upon a large button, they will immediately push that button, if you get my meaning. Lee let her little comment hang in the air, and she watched as her big sister's eyebrows knitted together, and she just waited and made her little noises again. She was not disappointed. Moments later, M took a red crayon and made a big X over the card. She crumpled it up. Then she walked outside and tossed it into the recycling bin. She went inside to start over again.
Two seconds after M disappeared into her house, across space and time and other dimensions and all that, Artiste stepped through the swirling, sparkling vortex in the back of her closet. She was magically transported into her usual recycling bin outside the red house. Artiste glanced around, but again, there were only cans and bottles and some flyers from a place called Costco. She took just, you know, a real quick look at those and then got back on track. For the very first time, she climbed up the side of the recycling bin. She scrambled against the plastic. She felt the sun on her face. She reached the edge of the bin and toppled to the ground. Ouch! Artiste crept along the ground, down the sidewalk, away from the red house. Until she heard something horrible that she'd never heard before. Oh, no, no, not like that. That would have been a lot scarier. No, no, it was like this. This horrible, frightening sound was getting louder and louder, and Artiste started running and leapt into the nearest recycling bin to escape. It happened to be next to a blue house. M's blue house. Artiste cowered in the recycling bin until the noise got quieter and quieter. She finally took a look around and she smiled. In the few minutes since M had tossed her first birthday card, she deposited three more in the recycling bin and they were all right there, ready for Artiste. She uncrumpled each one and studied them. She couldn't believe her luck. These were similar to the works she used to find, covered in big X's. But otherwise, they were totally different. These works of art would show the other magical beings she could change up her style. She tucked each one into the pockets in her socks, making sure not to tear them. Then, she readied herself to climb out of the bin until she heard, Uh uh-oh. Artiste quickly hid under a plastic container, but it didn't occur to her that it was a clear plastic container. M appeared above her, hand up, ready to drop another failed birthday card. But she stopped when she saw Artiste. M had never seen a magical being before, so it was pretty alarming. She stopped and stood still. Artiste wondered why the footsteps had stopped and peeked upward. M was staring at her through the plastic container. Oh no. Artiste made a quick calculation and dashed out from under the container, scrambled up the side of the recycling bin, and ran as fast as she possibly could without looking back. She leapt into her usual recycling bin and hurled herself through the swirling, sparkling vortex. She landed in her closet with a thump, with her heart hammering in her chest, trying to catch her breath. 
She pulled out the beautiful works of art from her sock pockets. She smoothed them out flat. Jackpot. Artiste began folding up her new finds to carry them over to her gallery when she heard a great rush of wind. Oh, what's happening? Suddenly, M fell through the swirling vortex and landed in Artiste's closet. Isn't this exciting? You are going to love the second part of this story. I promise. But for now, let's check in with my dear friend, Birdie. Birdie, I see you. She's unfrozen. Yay! Technology works sometimes. Birdie, what did you think of the story? Uh-oh. Come on. Well, Birdie is not frozen anymore. I can see her, and she's talking and talking and talking and looking so excited to be talking, but I can't hear her. We got the video back, but not the audio. Oh, I'm getting a chat coming through. She's typing something. Okay, she said, Rhea, you are frozen now. What happened? Ugh, okay, let me send her a message. I don't know. Forget this video call. What did you think of the story? She says, it didn't seem to have an ending. I know, Birdie, it's a two-part story. You'll have to tune back in next time to hear the stunning conclusion. Oh, she just typed, I like it so far. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy. I hope all of you enjoyed the first part of the story, too. If you did, please share this episode with a friend who you think might just love stories as much as you do. And if you have an Apple device, leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. Special thanks to my in-house technical director, Peter Kay, for designing my website, littlestoriestinypeople.com, and for getting my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. Special thanks also to the tiny people who provided sound effects used in today's story. Thank you, Ada, Nora, Emma, Lily, Charlie, Gabe, Gemma, and Zach. And big thanks to Giu for providing the important reminder message at the beginning. You can send your sound effects to Rhea at littlestoriestinypeople.com. Next time, I'll be back with part two of The Mistake Artist. Thank you, as always, for listening in.